Welcome to the Gamesmith's Table Talk. This is a roundtable format discussion where I and my guests try to cover three tabletop roleplaying related topics in 15 minutes. If you know anything about tabletop roleplayers, then you'll know that this is an ambitious goal. Let's head to the table. Welcome back to our Table Talk podcast. I'm your host, Clayton the Gamesmith, and joining me are... I'm Franklin. I'm Cheryl. I'm Clark. Let's head to the table. The views and opinions of the panel are their own and do not reflect the views and opinions of any other individual company or organization. This podcast has been known to be opinionated. You have been warned. Welcome back to another episode of Table Talk. We're going to be talking about Railroad versus Sandbox from the GM's perspective, which is slightly different from the player's perspective. What does everybody think in terms of Railroad versus GM? That's not right. What does everyone think in Railroad versus Sandbox regarding your GMing, either your personal GMing style or those of other people? Well, I talked a little bit last episode about how I don't think no adventure is going to be purely one or the other. But something I found that's been very helpful in more railroady and more sandboxy adventures has been not thinking about the plot of nothing about the plot of the adventure in terms of a sequence of events and focusing more on who are the characters, who are the the movers and shakers here from my from the player side of the screen and also my my side. So I will think I have this this NPC who wants this and has these resources at their disposal. I have this NPC who wants this and has those resources at their disposal. This, so on, so on, and so on. And so it becomes, after each session, I think, okay, what is everyone's next move here? What happened at the session? How did the, the, the movers and shakers respond? Thinking about the story that way, instead of doing a strict, this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens, gives you a lot more flexibility to play around with things, lets you ad- adapt to those curveballs a lot easier. Because if I plan the story to be, this will happen and my players do something else, I either have to drive them back on, which, as we've talked about, really doesn't feel good when you're forced back onto the railroad, or I have to rewrite my entire story. But if I've approached my entire story writing method from the perspective of the event happens and how do the movers and shakers respond to it, it's very easy to adjust the story as I go. I also think from just kind of dovetailing from that and stepping towards the printed adventure, because a lot of people, particularly when new GMs are starting out, they're like, give me a printed adventure because I'm not sure about what I'm doing. So they haven't plumbed the depths of their imagination yet. From that perspective, when you pick up a new adventure and it seems railroady, you can introduce sandbox elements to it. As a GM, you can take that uh, the reverse of that as well and have a giant sandbox and go, okay, now I'm going to add a railroad element. Case in point, the Kingmaker Adventure Path from Pathfinder is my absolute favorite adventure path out of all of them that have been printed. Kingmaker starts off at a trading post called Oleg's. That's where it just starts. But I've never started it there. I've always started with, how do the PCs get to Oleg's? Which is the railroad portion of the entire adventure path, is that start. Yes, because the players have to get to Oleg's at the start of the adventure. You need to railroad them a little bit to get to that point. Right. But the way the adventure path is written, you just start at Oleg's and now you go. Whereas to me, that feels anticlimactic. I want to know the story, how you got to Oleg's. So you might end up going one, two, or three levels before you even get to Oleg's and then branch out from there into the sandbox. 
So from a GM's perspective, I cannot exist without doing both the railroad and the sandbox. Because I need the sandbox in order to respond to my players, particularly you two who have, you know, thrown me for a few loops of more than a few times and had to be able to respond to that, which if you totally exist in a railroad environment just can't happen. You have to be able to think in terms of a sandbox. And I think even with the railroad adventures, that concept has evolved a lot over time because even with a starting point in a predetermined adventure, it's no longer, you know, four of you meet up in a tavern anymore. Even the railroad adventures, the authors put the time into describe a reason why all your characters would meet at the beginning of that particular adventure. Well, I find when I'm making an adventure, and when I say making an adventure is because I usually do, I very rarely do printed, and that's just because I find them too confining, and my brain set immediately goes to, oh, I have to follow the adventure as it is. As I've grown older and more experienced, I know that's not true. But when I create um, adventures, how I create it really depends on what type of adventure my characters, my players, are looking for. Are we looking for something that's going to be really deep and, and meaningful and that their character backgrounds have to move into that adventure? That that's the basis, that's the starting point? Then that informs how much depth you're going to go into the railroad and how much is just going to be sandbox. So I find that, once again, the ability of a GM to work on the lie is really important. And you get that through experience. I would guess that there's no GM out there who sat down for his very first GMing session and his players threw him a curveball that, that he handled that extremely well. And that, you know, the players have gone off the railroad, far off. They're no longer even following the printed adventure that he has on his table. Very few starting GMs know how to bring that back around without just simply saying, guys, you're going far off. We got to come back here. And that's where I really like, um, like Franklin mentioned, that illusion of choice. You want to get them back on the rails, back going the direction they should be going to achieve the goals of the adventure, but do it in a spontaneous way. Do it in a way that makes sense in-game and it doesn't make the players feel like they're forced back onto a certain direction. Yeah. I mean, I've done games where my players and I have sat down and we're like, okay, this is the world that we're sitting in. Quickly do up a four or five line background for your character and where you want him to start this adventure going towards. And then I just give them situations. And then they create the railroad Mm -hmm. or the sandbox. And those types of games are really fun to play, but they don't tend to have longevity because there is no end goal. It also, as a GM, it can burn you out really quickly if you are constantly responding to what the players are doing and none of your ideas are reaching fruition. That's true. It it is soul-crushing as a GM to, oh, I've got this great idea, and a quarter of the way there, the players not only get off the railway, they cross the field, jump into a canyon, take a boat, and sail to another island because... There's just, there. what are you guys doing? And it's like, okay, so now I have to figure this out. So I will then, okay, as a GM, what do I, how do I respond to that? I can just throw my arms up and guide dudes. But this comes back to your comment about, you know, experience. Course correction. Because now what I'm going to do as the GM with my experience is I'm going to transplant my entire adventure to the new location that you've gone to. Exactly. Rather than just pounding my fists and going, no, this isn't fair. You guys are screwing up my adventure. 
that's an experience thing. That That's a maturity thing for a GM. And there's no book that you will ever read that will tell you how to do this. You need to sit at your table and play with a diverse group of people and just power through mm-hmm. and make the mistakes and don't be embarrassed to say, guys, I have no idea what we're doing next because I planned on going here and you mm-hmm. guys went there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of that. And I, I definitely think that's an experience thing because... If a GM can do a course correction in a way that doesn't pull the players out of the game and they still maintain that, you know, deep immersion storytelling, then there is that illusion of choice. Yeah. Absolutely. Even when you're redirecting the game to where it needs to go. Going back to what Clayton said, I will tell you a story. As as we said, we're going to be doing lots of these. I played a game called Pendragon. I had eight players at my table at any one given time. Uh, Pendragon, for those who don't know, is about Aetherian legend. Uh, you get to play a knight, and the whole bit is a really cool little game. If you can find the first or second edition, I highly recommend it. At this point in time, I had lots of experience underneath my belt. I had planned most of my encounters with three or four different possibilities that they can go out. I was very good at winging it. And we got to this one city, I think it was Cambridge, and I put a bunch of rumors out there. Well, we'd now been playing for a year with these characters real time, and not once has this group ever followed any rumors. So I felt, you know, hey, I'll just throw out some rumors for flavor. Well, I threw out this one about a priest killing a cat, and suddenly they want to follow this rumor. And I'm sitting there going, um, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I had not planned anything other than this one sentence. So I just simply said to my players, okay, guys, can you just give me 10 minutes here? Because I was not expecting you to do that. And they went, okay. They went and got drinks. So I came back and I, you know, I sat down and I wrote, you know, okay, where's this going? Da, 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 da. And it was a neat little side adventure for them that they actually got to do. But as a beginning administrator, a GM, don't be afraid to tell your, your players. I just need a few seconds here, guys. You just came out of left field at me. Just give me a few seconds to think of They will, because they want the fun of that. Yeah, just following along with that, I do want to say, as I've been GMing, actually just about as long as I've been playing, I started GMing about three weeks after my first actual session, just because I was the rules guy in the group, and I was the one that knew how stuff worked, so I was the GM. That's the, how usually most of us get it. The most important skill that I've learned, and I've because, of, because I've been GMing for a long time, and I've now then had the opportunity to bring more people into the game, and some of them want to try GMing, so I step aside. You've been GMing a long time, that's cute. Yes, I realize with the other people at the table here. Call my Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I've had the opportunity to come to watch a couple of other people, and the thing that new GMs always stress about is learning the rules of the system. They think they need to know the rules inside and out, and I can tell you that's not the that most is, important. Yeah. The most important skill that I've learned as a GM is exactly how much to plan, because you can plan too little, and you can plan too much yep. as well. When I'm prepping an adventure, the general way I approach it is I have my main story. I don't have usually more than a paragraph or two from start to end of adventure. This event, this event, this event, this event, this event, happy ending. Then I zoom in on each of those events, two or three sentences on each event. Then I zoom in, I zoom in, and you kind of have the farther away an event is, the less I'm prepared for it. I don't really go down to, in terms of, you know, actually putting pages of content out, I'm not really worrying about anything more than the next two or three sessions, because that gives me the flexibility to adjust and to course correct as we go. All right, the next major event is that we need to get to this location by about this time. What in the session is going to happen that will either steer us away or towards that? That's, all of that is outstanding advice. And that's where 
that's where the, especially where the lines between sandbox and railroad really get quite blurred. Because where we have, you know, in my my current game that I'm running, we're running a very sandbox, very open-ended adventure. But I do have sort of a railroad structure for individual sessions, where I know we're arriving at this location, we're going to have a four-hour session, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. And then at the end of the session, I'll reconsider and think, all right, what's the direction we're going in for the next session? And I'm honestly not really worrying too much about things that'll happen a year from now in real time, because you just don't, if you work hard to plan that far ahead, all that'll happen is your players are going to do something that will completely change that plan and all that effort will be wasted. Yeah, that's really, really good advice for, especially for new and aspiring GMs. Definitely don't worry about the rule system. Yeah. (laughs) And to focus on your story. I would like to add from my perspective that what you've just described is what I call my outlining process because I uh, was potty trained at gunpoint. So when I write my three or four sentences and I know that, then I turn that into 14 or 15 or 20 pages of text, dialogue, stat blocks, treasure lists, Who's going where? What's happening to who? Who are the NPCs that I'm bringing in? Do they get a stat block or not? What are the red herrings that I'm going to plant in there? And what are three or four sentences about each of those that will that end up in fruition or not? So that I know four, five, eight game sessions from now where the story is planning on going. Because for me, as a GM, I need to know where I'm going to my, where I want the story to be in ten sessions. Not necessarily where the players will be, but where I want the story to be. So I have a target to shoot that arrow for. So it doesn't need to be, okay, so I would define that as railroady, but the railway ties are, the, sorry, the railway tracks are really far apart, and that whole space in between the sandbox. Absolutely. One of the things I would really like to say to cap this all off is it is very much the more you GM, the better you're going to get at this. And one thing, word of caution for anybody who's doing the Pathfinder Adventure Paths, wait till you have all the books, read the synopsis of where the story's going, We did Kingmaker when it very first came out, and we did it book by book. Unfortunately, we didn't realize by the end of book five who the big bad was, and so it would have changed things, and it did because we've now done that, what, six times? Yes. So just to cap it all off, as we're running out of time, and I don't think we have enough talk about to do another podcast on this subject, is learn structure, learn what your end goal for your adventure is, and point towards that. You can get as small down into the details as you want to get, but be prepared that the smaller you get in those details, the more chance that your players are going to derail you. So it comes with experience, and most adventures are both railroad and sandbox, and they need to be. And just as a, as a closing thought, my usual plug of session zero conversation, talk with your players about where you want that balance to be. I'm sensing a theme from you. This is going to be a theme <laughs> for me for this entire series. Awesome. <laughs> For myself, I, I'm i going to reiterate to make sure that our new GMs and even our experienced GMs, you don't have to know where you're ending. You don't have to know all of the rules. The goal here is to have a good time. So make sure that you have enough information to get your players where they need to go in the story. Make sure that they have a direction that they can follow rather than dropping them into a blank grid square and go, what are you going to do now? Because they'll panic. They won't know what they're going to be doing next. So until next time, we'll see you at the table.